another episode of Beautifully Victorious. I'm your host, Shayna, and can you believe the Lord has already given me another word for y'all? I can't, but when I was reading through James chapter 4, verses 1 through 12, it just hit my heart that the Lord had already given me this word from things that I have walked through just recently and over the last three years, and I am so excited to share what the Lord has put on my heart today and the experiences that I have walked through with this scripture specifically. Um, but first, I would like to share a prayer with you as we move forward to just set the tone of what the Lord has for us today. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for already preparing a word in my heart for my friends and my family and those I don't even know that are listening today. Lord, I pray that their ears are tuned to heaven so that they can hear what you have to speak through me today. For I am the vessel, Lord, and anything that hits anybody's heart is not from my words, but it is through the words that you have given me. Lord, may the glory all be to you. I just give this all over to you, and I thank you for this ministry, and I thank you for this opportunity, and I thank you for the people that are in my corner. Father God, go before me, speak through me, and help do the work that you have called me to do. For I can do nothing apart from you, God. And I pray that our hearts are ready to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' holy and mighty name I pray, amen. All right, friends, so we're going to start off in chapter 4 today, starting in verse 1, reading through verse 12. Um, I read from the New International Version. I strongly suggest the King James Version, but we know our God is mighty and he will speak through all versions that are out right now if he is meant to speak to your heart today. So starting in verse one, we read, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, desires that battle within? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? But he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. 
Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who, who are you to judge your neighbor? Friends, there's some power in this word. And I'm ready to share what the Lord has put on my heart. Are you ready to receive? One of the biggest things I received when I read this was a reflection on my own marriage. You know, we like to point fingers at our spouses. And I'm really talking to the wives out there who are struggling in their marriages. I've been there. And we're in a season in our marriage right now of restoration. And I'm praying restoration over all the struggling marriages because the Lord rejoices in a good, faithful marriage. But you know, when I read the words, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You kill and covet. Covet is wanting something that someone else ha has. There were so many times when my marriage was in the trenches, that I just coveted a good marriage, a marriage that my husband would just, when I walked through the door, just be in love with me and just embrace me in his arms and just look me deep in my eyes and tell me that he loves me. And it wasn't there. But it wasn't there because of me. And I'm not saying my husband was perfect. Our husbands aren't perfect. We are all imperfect people. But I was fighting and quarreling and demanding my own way and wanting to control him to be this biblical man of God. But you wanna know what? That biblical man of God was sitting right there on, in my house on the couch that we shared. But what I was doing was hammering him over the head with the Bible and saying, you're not this. You're not what God says you're supposed to be. And you want to know what that was doing? That was discouraging him from being what he already was trying to be. Because he knows the word of God. He knows what God wants from him. He's hearing from the Lord. But why is he going to do what he hears 
from the Lord to do if his wife is just beating him over the head and saying, you're not this, you're not this. And it didn't mean I was necessarily saying that he wasn't this. But if I'm flipping out because he wants to go hang out with a friend, if I'm flipping out because he wants to spend money on this, if I'm flipping out that he wants to do this or that or doesn't, or saying things because he doesn't like a specific dinner that I had made. I was being the naggy, nagging wife or the dripping faucet. But yet I'm over here begging God, make him be this man of God. And God is like that man of God's in your house. Stop coveting what you're seeing when you don't know the backstory of what's going on in the household. Because just because you're seeing somebody in love and holding hands and skipping through the field together doesn't mean at home that that's what's happening. You might be coveting a marriage that isn't even under the hand of God just because you're seeing it out in the world. You know, the word of God in 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 2 in the New Living Translation says, In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Even if our husbands know the word and are not doing what the word says, we ourselves should be humbling ourselves before God and trying our best to be the wife God calls us to be. That in those frustrating and emotional situations where we're not getting our way and we feel like our husbands aren't listening to us, we should still be serving them. We should still be using a gentle voice with them. We should not be harsh with them. We should be respecting them and loving them for the men that they are. Because realistically, we have men that are going to work, busting their butts to make sure that we're provided for, that we're cared for, that we have a roof over our heads, that are constantly thinking about us and thinking how they don't deserve us because of the goodness that we have with inside of us, which is Christ. Do you know that some husbands see our relationship with Christ and think that they cannot compete with Christ because we are bashing them over the heads with the word. We are saying, you must be like this. You must love me how Jesus loves me. You're supposed to be the head of the household. 
You're supposed to be the representation of Jesus in this household. You are called to lead us. And yes, all those things may be true, but when we're bashing it over our husband's heads, they're looking at Christ and saying, I can't measure up. Just like we're in our prayer room saying, God, I can't measure up. I want to do good, but I am failing all over the place. I am quarreling and I am fighting with him. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. In my anger, I have sinned. And your word says in your anger, do not sin. Just as much as inside we are feeling like we are failing, our husbands too are feeling the same way, friends. They want to do right by us. But they are making mistakes because they are sinful. And some of them truly think that they don't deserve us because they see our walk. They see how strong in the Lord we are. They see us moving with the power of God going before us. And they're over here like, God, I can't measure up to that. And, they, and because of that, they don't even know where to go. So they just stop and they sit and they get stuck in this autopilot position. Because they have this nagging wife at home. Well, she don't think I'm a man of God. It doesn't matter how much I read the Bible. It doesn't matter how much I go to church. It doesn't matter this or that. She doesn't think that I'm good enough. I can't measure up to Christ. How can I lead her? But in Peter, it says in verse 2, they will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. So if you don't think your husband is doing what the word of God says that he should be doing, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. And friends, that's easier said than done because I beg God to help me keep my mouth shut. And sometimes the fire of hell comes out of my mouth, not the glory of God especially within my household. You know, we put a mask on when we walk outside of our front door and say, it's good, I got God, praise be to the Lord, glory to the Lord. But yet in our household, we're spewing Satan's venom all over the place. We have no self-control with our mouths. And I'm talking to myself too, friends. There are so many times I have had to get down on my knees and repent of this sin. For I am not showing glory to God. And I sure as heck need his forgiveness because of it. It's hard. It's definitely hard. You know, it says you adulterous people right here in verse 4 in James chapter 4. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? Envies. That's that conviction in our hearts because the Holy Spirit that's within inside of our temple, that Holy Spirit inside of our temple is envying for us to just do good, to stop quarreling, to 
your husbands don't have this conviction. They may have it stronger than you, but just don't know what to do with it because our mouths aren't shutting long enough for them to be able to turn to the Lord and seek him for guidance. The more we nag, the more they're going to shut down because men are looking for respect as women are looking for love. And neither one are getting it because they're too busy quarreling and fighting each other. Remember in Peter, again, I'm going to go right back to it. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. I know it's, you know, it's easier said than done, friends. But if we keep our mouths shut as women and we are good at running our mouths, especially to our husbands, if we keep it shut, we will move forward in God's glory. You know, it says right here in James chapter 4, moving on to verse 6, but he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist that temptation to open your mouth. In the heat of the moment, even if you have already spoke, shush. Bite your tongue. Walk away. Go for a drive. Call a time out. Instead of giving the enemy that moment, let God's grace come in so he can move in both your husband's heart and your own. Humble yourselves before God. Humble yourselves. Come in verse eight, it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9 continues and says, Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy into gloom. Going into verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Going back, grieve, mourn, and wail. That grieving, mourning, and wailing is what we should be doing when we're repenting. Grieve, mourn, wail about the sins you have committed, especially in the heat of the moment when you have used words that you do not mean. We say the nastiest, most mean things in our anger. Sometimes our husbands shut down, give us the silent treatment. Or maybe you're the wife that shuts down and gives the silent treatment or uses sarcasm. Sarcasm is our hurtful friends. Sometimes this lasts an hour. Sometimes for certain people, this lasts days. I've seen it last weeks and months. But humble yourselves before God. Ask forgiveness. Humble yourself before your partner and say, I have failed you. I have failed God. But friends, we have not failed them by humbling ourselves before our spouses and God. We receive forgiveness and a do-over. 
Thank God we serve a God of do-overs every day, every morning. Our blessings renew. You know, it goes on into verse 11. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Verse 12 says, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Your neighbor doesn't necessarily mean your next door neighbor friends. It means the people in your own household. It means your family members. And if we're judging them off of their sin and the things that they are doing wrong, we're just looking at a speck in their eye when we have a log in our own. Start dealing with yourself first. Start quieting your mouth in the heat of the moment. Walk away. Take that time out. I've talked about that in teachings um, in the beginning when we started this podcast about taking an adult time out. Stop throwing tantrums. I know I need to stop throwing tantrums because they sure get me in a lot of trouble. And I just end up getting judgment cast upon myself. For every word we speak will be judged. Friends, I know this is, is a, you know, easier said than done. I keep thinking about this all the time. Lord, I just want to do good. I want to do right by my husband. I want to stop yelling. I want to stop making these same mistakes. It's insanity to go around and around and around and around in the same circle when I just want to walk the path of righteousness with my husband by my side. Instead, I'm too busy dealing with the same problem over and over again. Transform me, God. Help me be the change in my marriage. Stop looking on the other one, expecting them to change. When you yourself need the change. When I myself need the change. What I do before I exit off of this, I want to leave you um, from a teaching in Romans chapter 7. Verse 21 I want to read first and then we're going to go back up to verse 19. But in verse 21 through 25 it says, so I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself, in, in my mind, am a slave to God's law. But in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Friends, we can't be perfect every time. 
So in the heat of the moment, sometimes we say things that we do not mean. And we hurt the people we love the most. If we didn't love them most, we wouldn't stay in certain situations. We wouldn't put up with certain things, certain sinful natures. So we want to do good, but sometimes we fail. But thanks be to God, through Christ Jesus our Lord, friends, thanks be to God. Because like in James chapter 4, we can wail and mourn and humble ourselves before God and ask forgiveness for the areas that we are falling short. We can humble ourselves before our husbands and ask them for forgiveness for where we have fallen short in our marriages. And today I'm really speaking to those married couples who are struggling. But I hope that you can, if you're not married, you can take away something for how you deal with your friends or your family members or other relationships you have in your life. But you know, going back into Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 19, we also see, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. Friends, in our hearts sits God's law. In your husband's heart, in the man of God, you have in your household, and I'm speaking to somebody right here. I'm speaking to you. The man of God that is in your household is being convicted just like you are being convicted. Humble yourselves before each other because when you sin, it is no longer you doing it, but it is the sinful nature for you have died to your sins and you have been raised to life in Christ Jesus. And your heart, your heart delights in the law of God, in the law of his word. And if we are continuously repenting, God is going to work and he is going to do a mighty move of restoration in your marriage, in my marriages, in marriages, I only have one marriage friend, <laughs> in my marriage. Well, no, actually, I do have two marriages, one to Christ, one to my husband. And, you know, I need to be reconciled to Christ on a daily basis because I fall short. So in my marriages, yes, hallelujah, Lord, thank you. Thank you for restoring my marriage to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for restoring my marriage to my sweet husband, Adam. Friends, humble yourself. Try to stay quiet in those heated moments. 
and let the give the Holy Spirit a moment to come in the room in that moment of quiet do not give the enemy a foothold for resist him and he shall flee so shut your mouth he'll flee he's coming out of your mouth sometimes in the heat of the moment I know easier said than done but I'm praying for you so that's it for today friends Humble yourselves. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you had already written this word on my heart. That I was already able to bring something new to the table so quickly. Lord, help me resist the devil so he may flee. Bring in a fresh wind of restoration through the struggling marriages out there. Lord, I thank you for the man of God within my household. I thank you that he is leading our family, that he is doing the best he can. Help me not judge him in the areas he falls short because I fall short in my own areas. Help us both be convicted. Help us both humble ourselves to come to you and ask for forgiveness. Help us to be able to go to one another and ask for forgiveness. Help all the marriages do the same. We worship you and we praise you. And may the glory go to you in Jesus' holy and mighty name. Amen. Well, friends, that was another episode of Beautifully Victorious, and I am so glad that I was with you today. And I hope you received from the word today what the Lord wanted to speak to your heart. And I'm excited for the next opportunity to come before you with another word that the Lord has put on my heart. Next time we will be picking up to finish off James chapter four. And I can't wait, but for now, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Beautifully Victorious. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you can receive updates for new episodes. We'll see you next time. God bless.